Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast, where freedom, health, and wholeness is our mission. In each episode, we will expose the lie that you are alone in your struggles and your pain. We share truth through our stories using the power of vulnerability and honesty, empowering you to live the life you are destined to live. Welcome back to You're Not Alone with Chris, and this time... Jamie, I'm back. She is back, and so we've we've been kind of teasing and hinting at this, the Richardson story. Yes, we want to tell our story. And kind of what brought us to this place where we abandoned all and and moved to Reading and in our second go-around of ministry school. Yep. Yeah, a lot of it comes down to is we just didn't learn enough the first time and... Well, let's just, let's just face it. None of us are ever finished learning. No. And so I, before we start this, is it like we're unpacking our lives and we're going to unpack our stories and we're going to give you, you know, what we experienced. Yes. And we know that there's people that may be listening to this. We have a lot of friends and family around the country and uh, they may be listening to this or maybe you're not our friends. You just want to know the scoop um, and just say, look, this is the way that we experienced this. This is our memories. Yeah. And we understand that other people involved may have experienced it different. I think that's important to grow in compassion um, to realize that you may have experienced a situation a certain way, but there's two sides to every, every story, multiple sides sometimes. And so we have to honor the fact that yes, people in the same situations can experience things very differently. And you know, our and our goal is is to really make sure that we honor that we that yep. we don't want to bring dishonor to anybody, and especially we don't want to bring dishonor to the church. Right. And so there's a lot of things like we're going to focus on what we did and what we learned through this, mm-hmm. and not necessarily like if you're looking for this tell-all gory story, this is not it. No. It's like we love the church, we love the people, we we love. Um, the ministry. Yeah. And the, here's the thing. In any difficult situation you find yourself in, especially if there's been a breakdown in relationships or, you know, you've had things done to you, whatever, like at the heart of it all, people are not the enemy. Like the enemy is the one who's accusing and scheming and operating spiritually behind the scenes that you, in the realm you can't see. Like it's important to keep that into focus. And so our hearts are redemptive through this. Our hearts would long to see restoration in anything that's fallen apart. And so obviously we can't control that. Like we will do our part. We will own our part. And we will trust the Lord to help um, to help heal and bring restoration to other parts as as um, others are able and willing to do that. As yeah, well. and if so. and if we've hurt you or you remember something differently and you want to have a conversation. Get a hold of us. Absolutely. You know what? We still have the same Facebook that we had since like 2007. <laughs> and we have had the same phone number since 2016. Yeah. So. Find somebody that knows us. But we would love to have that conversation mm-hmm. and we would love to have even difficult conversations sure. about things. And so, the, you know, the door is open to yeah. anybody that wants to have that. Yeah. And so just kind of for clarity, today we are going to unpack basically from the time we got married. Yeah. Up until uh, before Missoula. Right. And because of our time at our previous church, there's so many moving parts. That's going to be its own podcast. Yes. So if you're sitting there going, oh, I want the details of that. Well, hold on. Next week or real close to then, you'll have that side. But from here, we're going to kind of unpack some of our adventures in ministry and fun and life together. Yeah. A lot of our story is related to ministry. Yeah. Like church ministry. Um, we, we In the last episode, we actually started to unpack it a little bit, but we, we've been married for 24 years. We got married in 1999. We were both in a ministry school back then called Master's Commission. And um, so we've been in ministry like from the start. Almost since the day. Of our I mean, relationship. really. Yeah. Even then, but even since the day we got saved. Yeah. Both of us were jumping into ministry. Like you got saved, you got saved in at Final Destiny, yes, which was a a drama with with the, one of those dramas that portrays what happens when people die. Did heaven's they go to gates, heaven? hell's flames, type of yeah, thing. That type of thing. I was the good looking angel with the Book of Life. I think you were. I was. I was sexy beyond belief, <laughs> glittery and wings and gold sash. It was awesome. I was a sight to behold, oh. and. Um, so Jamie got saved. Was that your first time going to that church? 
I, I yeah, the yeah. the drama was that night. Like I went to church that morning with my aunt and uncle, and then that night was the drama. And so, I remember that because I think because all of us met because pretty girl shows up at church. All the guys are like, "Hey, how <laughs> you doing?" And uh, I, I remember when Jamie got saved because um, it was one of our friends. It's kind of a mutual friend. Is her aunt mm-hmm. and uh, her uh, uncle at the time. And uh, we were excited because, like, oh, good, Jamie got saved. And uh, then all of a sudden, I'm like, who, Jamie? Like, but we weren't together yet. We no, talked about that. No, yeah. no, no, not yet. Not yet. Tried to set him up with my friend and didn't really stick. Thank goodness. Yep. And what six months later, we're in, no. We were good friends first, yeah. then we became such good friends that we dated but didn't date no because it was was no dating no it was the i kiss dating goodbye 90s yes and so what we did is that we just snuck around right and uh that wasn't such a good thing that was not a good thing it set up some bad habits not some good boundaries Yeah, because you're sneaking around because you're not supposed to be doing something and then yeah too much time alone, different things. Anyways, we'll just skip over that part. Yeah, we'll, and, we'll do a podcast yeah, on that that'll be later. <laughs> Anyways. That's another so, topic. But I, honestly, we became really good friends, and mm-hmm. I knew almost immediately that that I wanted to be with you for the rest of my life. And uh, even a couple months later, we, we became special friends in December. Yes, that's what we called it. We were special friends. Yeah, special friends that made out. And then <laughs> in, I, would, I, I knew by January. I went home for Christmas to Minnesota oh, and then yeah. um, for a couple weeks probably and then came home. And I think especially then we knew. We just, yeah. I think we knew before that, but we especially. talked a bunch while she was gone. And I remember her coming home and just going, oh my, I just like, part of me was missing. I mean, it's, yeah. and we had not been together that long. And I came back with blonde streaky highlight home kit hair. <laughs> In case you don't know, Jamie is a gorgeous brunette, dark hair, Mm. and she came with this blonde. I wanted highlights, and my brother and sister helped me uh, do one of those highlighting kits where you wear one of those um, caps, and then you poke holes in it and pull your hair. Anyway, it was probably orangey, yellow. They did not help. I don't know. So anyway, I think I got back, and I got a dark brown hair kit and dyed it. Thankfully... It covered it. Well, it didn't scare me off because no, just a few months later, I bought the ring. Must have been love because yeah. <laughs> in March, I bought the ring. We were engaged in in uh, May. Yep. And married in August. Yes, we only had a three month engagement, but you know what? When you know, you know. Yeah. I think we could have definitely better prepared for marriage for we, sure. We would have t- done it a whole lot differently now. But anyway. Our marriage counseling consisted of tacos with the pastor that we were serving with. And basically, I remember, all right, you who's guys have handle the yeah, finances. Who's, fina- who's going to handle the checkbook? And who's going to? It was kind of silly, practical stuff that. Yeah, it did not get to the heart of anything. No. And we could have worked through a lot more baggage that ahead of time. But anyway. And so um, I actually accepted because I we did, you did one year master's commission. I did. I did two years. And uh, we accepted a job. I accepted the job we did because we were, we were engaged. We were engaged. Yes. And we kind of hit the ground running, you know, yes. actually looking back. So kind of the, the, the long story short is that we only lasted five months in this position. Yeah, because we went from a really big church with a lot happening. We were very revival-minded. We wanted to see the Holy Spirit moving. And so the church that we found ourselves working for, it was not what we had in mind to pursue. No, but the pastor actually gave me, he had me preaching once, yeah. once a month for him. It gave me a, a lot of... Stuff is so it wasn't a bad thing. No, it was not a. It was a healthy church. It was not a bad church. It had a different vision than what we had. Is what it comes down yeah. to. And we did not know how to submit ourselves to the leadership that God called us and yeah. opened the door for us to be able to serve under. That was the big thing that we had to learn. And what didn't help is that we were actually on. They didn't have a church on Sunday nights, mm-hmm. and so we were driving to the, another town that was that was south of, of there by about yes. uh, forty five minutes. That and was we were, very revival minded. There was, was lots of things plant. happening. Yeah. It was exciting and. Anyway, so we would do that on Sunday nights, but then it was dividing our hearts. It was, and you know, and we were, and you know, in all reality, we were actually doing fairly well. We because they didn't really have a youth group. We got there, it went from zero to about twenty some kids. Yeah, you know, and we had influence in the church, but still, our hearts weren't aligned. 
Yeah. And there was a ch- this church that had started. The pastor was somebody that, that we had known. And there was there was some kind of suggestions made. Yeah, that, it felt like there were some things promised, like that there would even be a position on staff for us to come down and serve in a role. I mean, not not paid or anything, but we felt like yeah, there was, more was promised than and when so we ended up actually leaving that position and moving down to this town and you know against the advice of everybody yeah you know that's a good point like all of our um leadership above us in that our denomination were like what are you doing why would you want to do that you know like so we totally went against the voice of reason and good counsel honestly what should have been considered good counsel we were like no we're following what god wants us to do and and we didn't find out that there wasn't a position, there wasn't any place for us. In, in, Until after we moved. Yeah. We got there and we got regular jobs. You worked at a radio shack. I worked at a gift shop. Yeah. And, you know, working minimum wage, which was like five fifteen, five twenty five an hour back then. Making the big money. <laughs> That's right. That's what, yeah. But we, we got to grow up a lot. Now, yes. to our to our benefit is that we didn't just abandon ship. We didn't just leave. That we, we stuck it out. Um, and we learned a lot from this church and from this pastor and from this ministry. We did. It wasn't, yeah, it, there was a lot of good that happened for sure. And the church the church was a church plan. It went from zero to about 200 within months. Mm-hmm. And this, the, really, there was something very unique and special going on in this place. Yeah, and I think we also, we needed to learn the lesson of, hey, who are you without serving in a specific role or having a job? Or, you know yeah, what I mean? If they don't call you Pastor Chris, can you still minister? I don't think we fully got that there for nope, sure but that was kind of the start of yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can just imagine god watching like mm. now just kind of things at the end got a little weird mm-hmm. and uh we just saw some things that were not what we wanted out of church and out of life and we had a conversation with the with the pastor and it was kind of like well this is where we're headed this is what we're doing and we're like okay and we uh, we kind of quietly stepped out. Yeah, I, we did not make a big deal. Mm-hmm. We just honestly, I think we would have done that differently. To not not making a big deal, but we would have had more conversations. And yeah, we basically with the had leadership one. and stuff like that. We we just kind of left quietly, and yeah. then people are like, "Why they leave?" <laughs> yeah, know? I don't think that that's necessarily great either. So no. anyway, and some some things had had happened, and and it was a good thing when we left. Yes, we were glad we left when we did because some things fell apart after yeah. that but we we don't need to go into that today no. but we moved on to another church in the next town um and honestly the pastor there was like a father to us he was really just gave us a great place to land him and his wife and his family were, amazing yeah you know part of my story is that i did not grow up with a dad yeah a, at all and not necessarily like not even having a spiritual father or anything like that and just coming underneath of pastor frank's ministry was just feeling the not just him but really the culture that he had created Mm -hmm. there was just so much love he's a father in and out there was other fathers in the church but yeah so we were at this church in polson and it was just a great place for us to land and just sit underneath of their gentle leadership and just fathering and mothering and we actually got asked to serve on the youth leadership team they didn't have a youth pastor and so but this was hard for us too because we were so longing to be have another another position um, you know, again, who are you without, are you, are you insignificant? Do you feel insignificant without a title? Yeah. Um, that's a big thing we had to learn. But anyway, so we were struggling with the fact that, well, hey, we've, been, we've, we've gone to Bible school. We've, uh, we've been trained for this. We've, you know, wh- why are they not just asking us or offering us? But we were I serving. I am God's gift to you. Use <laughs> we me. were serving on this team with three other couple or two other couples and a, and another gal. And so, um, honestly it was really fun, but it was still, it was hard for us because we were dealing with all those feelings of why not us? Why can't we just lead this? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, but one of the things that drew us to the church was, was pastor Frank's heart, Frank and Peg's heart for, for ministry, for revival. Mm-hmm. They had gone to Toronto 
um, around this time and were part of that outpouring there and really came home very radically changed by it. Yeah. And we got really excited, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, hey, these guys are really going to, we're going to really go after the Holy Spirit. We're going to really see some amazing, cool things happening and, and it's going to be good. And uh, long story short is that the church membership did not want to move in this direction. Well, not just the church membership. A lot of the church leadership yeah. did not want to. And so they brought in their district um, official and had a big meeting. A lot of us that were supportive of Pastor Frank and Peg were not we offic- weren't actually we were not we were official, official members. members. Yeah. We had been attending for a good while, but we were not. It, it was like our, our voice didn't count because, you know, it, the way the structure of, mm-hmm. you know, the church government is set up, you, you have to be an official member in order to have a vote. And so anyway, the church did um, vote to have Pastor Frank and Peg um, yeah. step down from their position. Um, and they voluntarily did decide yeah. to do that for, for the sake of... Yeah. Um, just trying to unity and keep the church church yeah. going and stuff. And so knowing that, I mean, honestly, it was the honorable thing to do. We were mad about it at the time. Like, why wouldn't you fight? But um, really, it, I mean, the church spoke. They were not. They were not in favor of moving in that direction. No. And, and so, and, and their district, the the officials came in and just said, "Hey, it'd be yeah. better if you did this." And that's what they did. But it left us really heartbroken. Yes, because here we're on another not so great ending to. <laughs> Church, you know, yeah. we quit the first one. We left the next one before things started to Blew fall up, apart, yeah. and then this one. And so then we, um, not too long because we've been we, applying for positions. We and stuff had like that. been, yes. So we had been in process. We, we, you know, we were serving in the waiting, obviously, at this church. But um, then we did briefly go to another church in the same town, um, and until God did open another door, and that was just a few months later. Yeah, that we it wasn't. Up, it honestly wasn't long. Anyway, so we end up in, in this place in, in western Montana or in eastern Montana, and this place you could find on a map. It's called Baker. Yeah, it is amazing community with amazing people, but yes. it was different what we were used to. For sure, that it is eighty-two miles. No joke. This is, I hop in the car, hit the odometer, 82 miles from the nearest Walmart or McDonald's. McDonald's or anything like that. And it's... Which is Miles City, Montana, which is not a thriving metropolis either, but... (laughs) It's a 10th largest city in Montana at 10,000 people. That's how unpopulated Montana is. Yeah. And uh, we came into a church that that, um, had had some... uh, challenges yeah i served with a pastor that was a brand new pastor that Mm -hmm. didn't have a lot of church um ministry experience Mm -hmm. as far as leading um a church and i actually had a fair amount of of experiences being staff and things like that and so um one of the really the biggest ways that i really messed up is that um i i had a hard time submitting Mm -hmm. and yeah when you thought you knew more or had more experience in mm-hmm. certain situations, for sure. And there's just some things that he did was just probably not the wise thing to do. But you know what? He was the pastor. And I would say the first year, I think he actually had asked me to resign five or six times uh, came to me. But I knew the board didn't, there was, he was at odds with the board. and Well, some of them. Some of them. And I knew that he couldn't fire me. And really, this relationship was like, and it was because of me, was this was not great. Yeah, you didn't help the situation. Like, there was some disgruntledness with people. Like, but there were some board members that actually came to you and were like whispering things to you. Yeah, like, hey, how would you like to be the pastor of this church? Like, this is the unhealthiness side of what we experienced there that did not help. Well, because I had one of the one of the guys uh, took me out in the middle of his ranch and just says, "Hey, you think you'll be a youth pastor forever?" I'm like, "Ah, sure, why not?" He goes, "Well, you want to be a senior pastor?" I'm like, "Ah, I don't know, I not I don't know." And he goes, "Would you like to be a senior pastor here?" Wow, we had a senior pastor. Yeah, let's make yeah, that clear. This is toxic and bad. And uh, I'm like, "Don't you already have one?" He goes, "Yes, but if you want me to disciple you." You could be our next senior pastor. Yeah, that's pastor. also a, not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> the church board wants to disciple you into being the pastor they want and, to have. Uh, 
And uh, I remember it because it, for a few days, it kind of went to my head a little bit. Yeah. And uh, we, we kind of got more and more disgruntled. And uh, we had gone to this, uh, we drove to another town for to hear the special speaker. And I remember the Lord just doing a real work in both Jamie and I. Mm-hmm. And we came back. And I remember on a Sunday morning, I got up and basically said, apologize, said, I'm sorry for the way that that I have treated you to the congregation. And I even told the congregation, I said, this is the man that God has placed in this church. Yeah. You were talking about the pastor. Yeah. And uh, you, you need to either submit to him and follow his leading, or you need to find another place because you, you, you by continually resisting this, you're resisting the will of God. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sealed my fate. Yeah, that didn't go over very well. It, it, if you want to talk about one of those moments where you had, you know, maybe a third of the congregation applauding you, but the other two thirds kind of staring daggers. Yeah, the hard thing is when people are already set in their offenses and they don't want to give them up. Yeah. When somebody else comes in to speak but the, the opposite of that. The, yeah. But, but the cool thing was is that Revival actually showed up in our youth ministry in a very powerful and real For sure. Way. And that was another thing that did not go over well. Like, there, you know, the some of the leadership was not in support of what was happening. That, you know, God was starting to move and touch and rearrange some of the not head kids in the youth group or what well, people God, would consider. God was using the kids yes. that were on the fringes that they was not using the church kids. Mm-hmm. He was using these kids that had substance abuse problems, drinking problems. They were, you know, they were, I remember right before that, the kids were running around for some stupid reason, branding themselves where they're heating up paper clips and, and putting designs on each other just for fun. Yeah. This was before the encounters they had with God yeah. at this thing. But yeah, then all of a sudden they come back from this conference that we went to and, you know, we've had a change of heart all these kids are on fire for god and they want to you know tell everybody about it and they want to share what they experienced they're showing they're going to school like at 7 a.m yeah so you know that's pray and witness and (laughs) and i mean it's like there we saw healings and deliverances salvations i mean it's it's crazy it was a crazy really i think a month that we experienced and Mm -hmm. then we went to a camp a, a snow blast with these kids a winter mm-hmm. winter retreat and at first the youth pastors are like going "Ooh, what's wrong with your kids and like hey you should get a hold on them and you know tell them to calm down and by the end they're bringing them up and say hey pray for us type of thing yeah and so we're seeing all this crazy stuff happen at snow blast and it was kind of their um tradition to bring the kids up front to to um testify to give a testimony about how camp was in these kids. Oh, at church on at the church Sunday on after. Sunday. Yeah. yeah, sorry. And on church on Sunday, they get up and they start to go through and tell about all these things, salvations, deliverances, healings, all this crazy stuff that's going on. And one of the guys, one of the elders of the church got up and rebuked them, stood up in the church and rebuked yeah, them. Yeah, that's rough. And as soon as that happened, it was just like a light switch. Yeah. And uh, within a month, the senior pastor had resigned because yeah, they of that. finally were like, you know, coming to the realization yeah. like they, they're not supportive of what's happening or enough us. Is enough, yeah. yeah, and so they uh, respectfully so stepped down. They and dipped. Then yeah. We hung in there, but then well, it you was, were pregnant, and we were a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was afraid. pregnant with Jocelyn. Yeah, you were a little. And I so, think we were a little yeah, bit afraid like, just to just to to say, okay, Lord, take care yeah, of us. Because we're like, what are we going to do? We don't have. I mean, it takes time to find another ministry position. It's not like a regular job. Where, yeah, it could take up to six months to a year. Yeah, it's generally. quite the process. Understandably and, so. And so we uh, ended up um, finally. They they sat me down at five in the morning. Probably, they were a bunch it was like of, a month after our, our senior pastors least, left. Yeah. And they sat me down at five in the morning. I remember they called me over and because uh, they're ranchers and oilmen and just said, hey, um, thank you, but no thank you. Actually, they were like, we really love your wife, so she could stay, but we would like you to leave. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we're kind of a package deal, so thanks. Anyway, we left there, and honestly, we still have relationship with people there. Like, there's still good people there. It's Honestly, it's usually a few people that 
Or you just kind of, once that snowball starts rolling, people kind of jump in, and then later on you you figure out. And honestly, the the church that is there, the pastor that is there is phenomenal. Yeah, that's that's a great church now. And he has gone in there and been able to. And honestly, I think a lot of the people that caused the issues ended up leaving there. So So, so if you're a pastor listening to this, sometimes revival looks like people leaving. Problem people leaving you. Jesus. If they can't work out their stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So from there, we we actually moved back to Minnesota yeah. in southeast Minnesota where I'm from and lived in the town, um, the next town from where my parents live. And so we got regular jobs. I had been a stay-at-home mom, you know, it, when we lived in Baker. And so I went back to work. We put our kids in daycare for a short time. And you went back to work for Radio Shack. I, I worked at a chiropractic clinic. We yeah, and then we found a great church. Gosh, you just felt the love of yeah. God, and they were just it, honestly, it was kind of similar to when we found Frank, Frank and Peg. 100%. It was just a great place to sit and heal and just be ministered to. And but you know, at the same time, it was very hard because you know we're like our hearts we're, were burning to yeah, be in we're ministry. Like, we want to be in the ministry, and but it was we a don't good season for, to not be. Yeah, it was, and I, I guess I would encourage anybody to, that's listening is that if you find yourself at one of those in between places, like don't don't waste it. As hard as it is, God is working on your behalf, yeah, and He's in, with you in the waiting, and he, that it's a crucial season to not. To not feel like nothing's happening or that, you know, he, he is pre- continuing to prepare you for the next thing. So And God was blessing us. You had a great job. I ended up, you know, I, yes. I, I was working just at Radio Shack at first. It was mm-hmm. not much money. But then all of a sudden, you know, the Lord just started blessing me. And yeah, you worked on commission. So. Really well. And it was it was a good season. And, you know, it it's was. one of those seasons where I wish we, we would have enjoyed it more. Yes. You know, our hearts were and our eyes were so focused on getting to the next thing mm-hmm. that we kind of forgot to, to slow down and look. Yeah. And but then, within the year, it wasn't even a full no. year in um, a position in Tullahoma, Tennessee, actually opened a youth pastor position. Yeah, I broke your mom's heart. I yeah, I was pregnant yeah. again with with Madeline this time, our third child. And um, yeah, when we moved, I was eight months pregnant. I don't recommend that. If you're thinking of the like top 10 things not to do, that's, that's yeah, a hard one. Yeah, I know. One. That's what's hard. And again, I don't think anybody had any ill intentions with any of that. You know, you're, a lot of times even for when you... When you get a new position, you're excited. You want to get there. You want to get started. You want to like, let's not delay. But I think it's, you know, and for the church, they're they're excited to get you there. They want to get started, you know. Um, but I think there's a lot of wisdom in taking your time in those transitions and yeah. allowing and, you know, recognizing what you need. Someone yeah. else may be able to just jump right in and no big deal. But um, there's yeah, a grace I, in other people's that you may not Yeah, carry. don't compare yourself to somebody else, but re- be realistic about what you need. How much time do you need to transition and get settled in yeah. and moving? And yeah, and, you know, I was, like I said, I was eight months pregnant. Maybe we sh- it would have been better to wait until after she was born. But honestly though no matter how it would have been hard either we did way what we did. so there i mean god's grace covered things for sure but it was you know transition can be very yeah. challenging yeah and so i started on as a youth pastor and uh it was a little bit bigger church yeah and it and uh this was honestly probably the best church that we were in as yes, far I as i think that's been the healthiest mm-hmm. church most steady church faithful so pastor ron and margaret ann hopefully you're listening we love you yes they were so 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 good for us pastor had been a, he'd been a senior pastor really i think since he was 18 i know or 19. he he started lead pastoring like right away i mean yeah. he he was lead pastoring before it was called lead pastoring. Yeah, it was, was called senior pastoring then. And uh, it was it was uh, it was a challenge for us when we first moved there because of all the changes in moving to the south. The south is a whole nother culture. It is. That's where we got you over your fear of bugs. That is. You had. <laughs> I had to face the fear of bugs. There are so many bugs in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Big spiders. I mean, eastern Montana had big spiders too. Yeah, but so that probably started it. But this was this was <laughs> different. But you know, we we just came into a place that really celebrated us and just really loved us. Yes. Super we, generous, honoring church. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially we were youth pastors, but that's like they took care of us as though we were like 
senior yeah. pastors as well. Like they treated us. And there was nobody that didn't call me Pastor Chris. Yes. I mean, I mean, for, I think part of that is the Bible Belt. Yeah. That's the South. Like there's definitely, and I, I don't know how much that's changed since then, but. Um, but I think there's also a church that was able to kind of see us after the spirit and say, yeah, there's sure. some bumps and bruises. And uh, we just had a, I think um, what we, what we received, there wasn't so much the spiritual revival, the prophetic, those things, but we really got to learn the nuts and bolts of ministry. Mm-hmm. And I would say that the, in that way, Pastor Ron has really changed my life, is just being able to sit down and say, this is how you, this is how you deal with people. Mm-hmm. This is how you have a board meeting. This is how you do, you know, and he gave me tons of responsibility. Um, so we were youth pastors for the first two years strictly. And then I went to him about two years in mm-hmm. and I said, hey, I'm really starting to feel like the Lord's calling me into be a senior pastor. I took a risk because sometimes you tell some senior pastors that, hey, I'm thinking about making a change and they just fire you on the spot. And that's not the case. I came into him. I said, can I have your blessing to begin to to do this and will you give me extra things to do to help get me ready mm-hmm. and he goes chris you are more than i ready than i was when i was your age and i love you and sure i'll give you a bunch of stuff i don't want to do <laughs> <laughs> and but it was so good and yeah. i'll honestly say that when i was at that church um in previous ministries it was about the ministry it was about me it was about what i could I could do how big I could get the the youth there. I came into that church like, you know what, pastor, I want to make you look good. Yeah. You wanted to serve him like his vision for the church. Like that was your goal. Like thankfully by then we had begun learning that and implementing that really crucial thing that we all need to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think we learned submission. There's a couple different times where, where a couple things came up and I'm like, okay, I have a choice. I can, I can either try to rebel or I could try to argue or I can go, you know what, I'm going to trust this and I'm going to trust you. Yeah. And, and for both of us, I think that was for me, I, I can't speak for Pastor Ron, but it, it was a win-win for, for us, for the church. And, you know, walking through that and still have some of our dearest friends, mm-hmm. even to this day, that we still talk to from that right. church. Yeah. And I think the thing with sh- submission is that it doesn't even come into play until you disagree with, especially the people who are leading you. And obviously, we're not going to follow people who are leading us into sin no. or, you know, really bad stuff. That's not what we're talking about. Like, you're, whether it's your job, your regular job, or you're serving under leadership in whatever capacity, whether you're a paid position or you're volunteering, like, you're not always going to agree with the people who are leading you. And can you trust that... <laughs> That they can see the bigger picture and that, you know, it's a test to see if you can follow even when you don't, even though it's not being done your way. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the best things that happened there is that we we discovered John Bevere. Yeah, because he had the book Undercover. Undercover. Yes, that and, was a huge, uh, good teaching yeah, for us. Yeah, and that really was life-changing for me yep. is that it, it just kind of taught me. And I think it really being that type of of staff person to Pastor Ron really set me up in our next church to have other people come underneath of me and yeah. support me in that way. For sure. And you get, you know, you reap what you sow. Yes. And uh, especially if you're a staff person, man, make his your make your pastor's priorities your priorities. Make your life about serving him because or it's her. or her. Sorry. <laughs> Them, they uh, No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. You know, but making it about serving. Yeah. And God will reward you for that. Yep. So. Yeah, because really it comes back to, do you trust the Lord? It's not even yeah. about the people you're yeah. serving. It comes down to, do I trust God? As long as they're not asking you for sin, I think yeah. you, 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 you go for it to the best of your ability. Uh-huh. And that's a hard thing to learn. Yep. And so we were there for four, four years. years. And uh, I... Uh, and then a door opened up in Big Rapids, Michigan. Yeah. And so we uh, we accepted a, a position in Michigan. It yeah. was one of those things we weren't really expecting because we had really been mainly looking for Montana. That's true. Yes. You we know. had definitely been, been pursuing opportunities that were opening in either, yeah, somewhere in Montana, somewhere in even like... 
um, Washington, Washington East, yeah, or, Eastern Washington, yeah, and stuff like that. And so we had been looking. We wanted to be back in the mountains, yeah. And that again, like I said earlier, is that our our desire had always been to be in Montana. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it just it wasn't really it wasn't in the Lord's plan at that time, right? And so one of the hardest things we had to do is that we had I had to go to Pastor Ron and say, Pastor, I've I've accepted this position. Yeah. And that, they, you know that just to let you know, that's hard. It was. And I know that that's hard for church congregations when you're like shock surprise like when they're like hey the lord opened another door and we have we are moving on like that can cause a lot of pain in churches and you know even as leaders when your your beloved staff yeah um moves on like but honestly that's just a part of life god does move people in different seasons that is just a part of what he does and also if there's nothing wrong with people people pursuing you know, moving on for the desires in their heart. And God, God, God is on that as well. Like he, it's not just about what God tells you what to do. He he wants to know what's on your heart as well. And so, and his purposes for your life can, can be done wherever you're at. Yeah. Yeah. And so from, from there we moved to, uh, Michigan. Yeah. And, uh, which felt closer to home for me because I grew up in Minnesota. So it was kind of similar, that Midwestern type definitely was. feel. Um, and honestly, Big Rapids was a super, super healthy community to raise our kids yeah. in. Like it was super family friendly. The town was like 10,000 people, but the, there was a college there. And so that brought in another 10,000 yeah. students. So. Yeah. And we, uh, so we, we came into the church. It had a very large building. Yeah. Thankfully, there was no debt on the building. No. The, the issue with the building is that it was meant to be built in like three phases and they were basically stalled out in phase one, which is basically in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually, back then we thought it was kind of a liability, but after being having a large sanctuary with few people, it was actually really kind yeah, of it's nice. It's better to have a smaller space and feel cozy than to have a giant room yeah. with not many people and so we walked into to this knowing that there was challenges but then we started to hear some of the stories and find out what had happened in the past and the church had actually um either dismissed or pastors had resigned the five out of the last six pastors mm-hmm. now the the pastor that we followed up actually I think was a great pastor and I think he took the church as far as that he could take it. Mm -hmm. But even he had said that, yeah, there's some challenges that that need to be addressed. And I knew that I wouldn't be here long-term in order to address those. Yeah. And so he's like, which is wise. That's really wise. Yeah. And so we came in and we just had a lot of vision um, really coming in there. I think there's about 10 things that the Lord had given me um, either before we got there or in the process of of our early days there. Mm hmm. And uh, we just started, I think one of the things, the main things we did is that we, there was some life, there was some younger kids running yeah, around. Yeah, so we, I think we basically doubled. We did. We, we <laughs> bought Revival with the Richardsons. The yeah. children's ministry. We brought our three and then, yeah. And so we did right off the bat start growing in younger yeah. families. So, I mean, that's natural to happen. You know, you have young, a young family yourself. You, you'll, you'll usually attract yeah. people in, that are in a similar life situation. Um at first, for sure. And one of the things about Big Rapids is that it was a very easy community to get involved in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Michigan, you know, there, there's Detroit, but then there's the rest of the state. Yeah, we were we were uh, north west. Yeah, kind of north, yeah, uh, south, yeah, uh, central Like, Michigan. if you think of the mitten, you the learn mitten. this. If, if you've ever <laughs> lived in Michigan, they, if you hold up your hand, you, people usually will give you directions to where you live in yeah. Michigan. And so if you think of like uh, the ring finger, basically. We were the wedding band We're the of wedding Michigan. band. Yeah. <laughs> That's about where Big Rapids is, but... Just north of Grand Rapids, but uh-huh. you know, the it was still had kind of a small town feel, but For it, sure. it, it was a town of about 10,000. Mm-hmm. And then there was another like 10 to 15,000 students because of the college. Yeah. So it was a nice community. Yeah. And so we just had a lot of great opportunities and right away we got involved in the schools. You were volunteering in yeah, the schools. Yeah, because our kids were like preschool, first grade and 
No, I think they were preschool, kindergarten. Yeah. Age. Second grade, somewhere in there. So, yeah, I mean, they were at a funny age where, you know, I'd go volunteer in their mm-hmm. classrooms and you start to build relationships with the principal, teachers, staff and all that. So, yeah, it was a great way to get involved. But it was a church ready for change. It was. People were excited about the changes at first, for the most part. <laughs> Until we start, yeah, people are always excited about change, as long as you're changing somebody else's stuff. Yes. Well, as long as, yeah, it's the thing that they've always wanted to change. Those people get all yeah. excited. They're like, oh, we've wanted to do this for so long. And then you've got other people that are like. <clears throat> I would say two of our biggest assets coming in there is that we had two worship leaders. We did. Which were phenomenal. Yeah. Even to this day, they were Rob a great and Chris team. were the, some of the most supportive people. And, you know, their, um, Chris's parents were there. I mean, we just had some very supportive people. There was actually a f- handful of new people that had come mm-hmm. in even before us. And so the first six months, because we showed up in the wintertime, because I remember some of the snowbirds, because it is definitely a snowbird community. Yeah, it was right before winter. Yeah. And, and they were so sweet. The, the women's ministry gave us money for um, the kids to get new winter coats oh, again. Because we had lived in Tennessee. You don't really need much for winter gear, no. for sure. I mean, it snows maybe once, a freako storm. Yeah. And so anyway, that yeah, so we got to get the kids some winter gear again and get, get them toughened up in the in uh-huh. the cold north and and uh su- again just super generous super loving but it, it was um mainly an older church with us just a couple here families here and there of younger kids and these families were people that had been in the church for a long time like long their parents time. or yeah. their grandparents went so it's very much yeah almost generational like people had been there for a while and of course you know in any community there's been a revolving door too Mm -hmm. of people that have come and go or you know there's people that have history and anyway and some of the challenges that we had was because the building because it's been such a small congregation um that that the building had really kind of fallen into disrepair yeah that can be yeah that can be a real challenge for smaller churches where the building the upkeep of the building can almost become a burden or you just kind of lose you kind of become blind to it it's kind of like your house you're not noticing the scuffs and the stuff like that and you know and so we we came in there and the first thing we said is like look you know part of our heart and mission is that the church should be the nicest place that 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 you go and you know we want to spend some time um upkeeping this and making sure that it doesn't smell weird and look yeah weird i remember and, it did have a basement type smell i mean it's humid in michigan so you know that's just a reality but i think one of the first things we did was even installing like dehumidifiers yeah, and we, things we, like that to a, help mm-hmm. <laughs> with the humidity levels so that there wasn't that basement smell when it's you things you don't in. think about as yeah a i mean again you get used to smells yeah. when you're familiar with it and you're there all the time and then when it takes fresh fresh eyes fresh noses <laughs> fresh whatever you know to walk in and but it it definitely looked like grandma's house yeah and so you know and we were already having favor in in growing in younger families and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and and so we had to start to kind of correct some of that and you know anytime you start to make changes especially people who have been there for a long time they start to get a little bit nervous when you start changing their things yeah and so we just went through kind of room by room. We started redecorating. Well, we started to declutter for one thing. That yeah. um, it's amazing what you know. Even in our own homes, it just yeah. happens. Stuff collects, and you stash it away in an extra room. Mm-hmm. But we were like, hey, if we're gonna, if we want to grow, we've got to make room. We got to, you know, get the clutter out of the rooms, make them usable, get them ready before people come and so there was a lot of that so we had a cleanup day i remember well and like even the sanctuary was small to begin with and there was like these giant 36 inch tube tvs oh i mean this is well into i mean this is like 2000 2009 yeah yeah and so flat screens were a thing projectors were a thing but they were just used to having these giant anyway so we started bringing things up into technology wise starting to add computers and you know we started to have some of the things like one of the things we did was is we got we pulled the hymnals oh we pulled the hymnals out of the backs of the chair because we weren't we weren't even singing the hymns no but we still would throw in we still did some of those songs you know it wasn't every single sunday yeah i mean we we had had the projector for sure we had a projector and we could use that like the reality is is the hymnals were not being used but that caused a large challenge for some of the people yes it did and uh, you got a phone call we did and you know people had threatened to leave like if you don't put the hymnal back we're going to quit tithing and we're going to leave sadly that can be a thing that happens people will threaten to stop 
giving, which and me, <laughs> I guess I'm just interesting because it's like, do you not realize that's manipulation? Yeah. Um. <laughs> and I'll stand on principle. It's like, look, uh, like we will miss you, and and I don't know if we'll miss your tithe because I don't ever know what anybody gives, but like we'll miss you. And uh, you know, the redemptive part of that is that some of these older people that really at first were very resistant to change, uh, specifically one couple really became some of our biggest allies. Absolutely, yeah, that and was me. so you know, but so we we'd been there for um about a year and a half, two years, and we had like tripled in size at least. We went from running in the 40s to now we're hitting 120 plus. Um, You know, and so we're definitely in this great trajectory and we're getting involved in the community and um, getting to the point where we're actually starting able to hire on staff to help. We had, you know, administrative, we had worship, we end up having um, youth pastor, youth youth and children, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, it, it it was a really a great time Mm -hmm. and then some of the challenges that pop up in churches we had to start dealing with those yeah and uh you know we 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 tried to be gentle i I think we do things differently now yeah i think that we've learned some different skills absolutely um but for the most part you know we we kept on um growing and moving into this new kind of new direction mm-hmm. you know and one of the cool things was is that we were able to partner with other churches yeah and we, we were ministries. able to do a lot of different outreaches to get the community yeah connected i think one of the best ones we did was was the giveaway so yeah, we when would we do first a got giveaway the, day yeah when we first got to the church they used to have a garage sale oh that's right and it was that's how the church actually made quite a bit of money to fund their kitchen. They had one of the the best church kitchen I've ever seen. I mean, especially yeah, for a small did. church, it was like what most big churches wish they had. Yeah. And uh, we did it the first year, and it just never sat with me that we were taking money from the community. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to, and so I went to the people running the garage sale, and I said, let's change this up. Let's still collect all the garage sale items. Let's still get all the donations. But instead, let's give it all away. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple that first year that were really concerned, like, oh, pastors lost it. We were losing all this income. And really, it was a couple thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, it wasn't that Who much. cares? And, uh, but it honestly became really a community type of thing. The first year, it just grew every single year. Mm-hmm. And we even got more donations in and more and more and more. We turned it into free hot dogs. And, and we, we usually did it right before back to school time. So then we then we would give away school supplies and backpacks, backpacks yeah. and different things. So yeah, and we we had a we, we just had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And as we kept going, um, like like these things that we would do, the harvest parties and the different, yeah, we had super creative people oh, to help man. decorate and we'd yeah, have, just make it really fun. And the community really loved coming. We'd have a thousand people come through the doors on some of these. Yeah, different that was things one of the highlights. Did. That was Abs- fun. Absolutely. And uh, but as we kept on going, um, just more and more um, items got checked off our list, mm-hmm. and we one of the last things that we felt or I felt like I was supposed to do was that we were supposed to do a remodel of the church mm-hmm. and we didn't have a ton of funds available. Again, it's still a relatively small church. And, uh, but we decided like, okay, this is what the Lord wants us to do. And this, one of the downsides of this church being in the basement is that the ceilings were super low. Yeah. The false ceiling. Like, and I'm, I'm kind of a tall, I mean, not super tall, but I'm about six foot one. And during worship, if I lift my hands up, I could touch the ceiling in the sanctuary. And this, for the stage, we did have like maybe a, I don't know, was it like a 10 inch maybe uh, platform Yeah, that were basically carpeted pieces of homemade platform that yeah. were made. But anyway, yeah, if you're on the worship team, you, you couldn't get to... Too wild, you and would. you look like an, a you look like a giant standing up there, and yeah. you know us being a little bit more charismatic. We had you know, we had a couple people that liked to to have like some of the flags yeah. and banners and stuff like that. And I remember they would smack the ceiling with them, <laughs> and you know, there's all this just crazy stuff. Anyway, we wanted to take out the false yeah. ceiling, and then we wanted to redo the stage, the backdrop, and um, repaint new yeah. light fixtures. You know, just basically facelift type stuff just to give it a fresh look and also i remember we were wanting to move the um mother's room oh man (laughs) this is one of the things that caused 
quite a stir. So l- let me just, if you're a pastor, if you're a new pastor, if you're whatever, let me give you a hint if you're ever going to have problems. If you have a room that is named after a person in your church. Yeah, that's like so-and-so's if, room. If you have Janet's room, like that's Janet's room, that's to her closet, her storage room, her Sunday school class. Just know that if you ever have to change that or move that, Janet will not be very happy with you. Well, and everyone will let you know that (laughs) Janet won't be very happy with you. Now, that's honestly, that can be very common. That is normal. Um, Anyway, we wanted to, we, again, we were growing in young families. We had a lot of moms that were having babies, a good handful. And so we needed, we needed a place for the moms to be able to take their babies, lay them down, you know, nurse them, whatever. And so we wanted to move it closer to the sanctuary and, you know, be able to have sound, have TV, you know, so they could watch the, the video of it and all that stuff. And so the only room that we thought would be the best for that was the storage room and the storage room (laughs) had it was named (laughs) it had decorate now this church used to decorate for every holiday yeah like when i say every holiday i really mean every holiday like they swapped it out like it, it it was hard because it it honestly I think it's just best to keep things simple, minimalistic. Mm -hmm. Don't, I mean, it just, it was over the top. And so every, you know, they'd have a decorating, they actually did have a decorating committee. Committees are from the devil, Uh, just in case you're wondering where I stand. Listen, it wasn't a bad thing that they wanted to do at all, but people can become very territorial and like, it's their baby. It can almost verge on, we use the word sacred cows too ourselves like people yeah they can camp out on their thing that they will defend and so anyway we talked with our leadership we had conversations with those who were over those things (laughs) in the past and you know as best as we could we had honest conversations of how you know this 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 room is not serving the vision that we want to move forward in and um yeah we wanna we but want we we killed somebody's cow we did and it 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 really kind of yeah and it caused us having to and there was other sacred cows i remember the cross oh for sure you know there was we, a mural in the nursery yeah. too that was another fight that people yeah, yeah you and know it, people it, it that just raised people, their babies yeah. and didn't wouldn't be the same to them i mean that people can get hung up on interesting things for sure and so we we ended up having to start to draw some lines and just say look i know that this is important to you but we need this for the sake of the unsaved Mm -hmm. for the sake of the new moms i mean i even had one of the one of the people go well can't they just nurse in the bathroom i'm like give me a break you know and so it's changing just mindsets yeah and some of it's like you know well, and we it's hard through this exactly it's hard when older generations didn't have things like the nursery ministry and things like that and where they're like well i just take my own baby out well you know things are different nowadays like we know of better ways to minister yeah. to young families and moms and you know and so sometimes people it can be hard for people to catch that vision and as much as we try to explain the why behind it and and then we had to start dealing with some attitudes and some of the whys behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I will say is that, you know, we were new to this. Mm-hmm. You know, we were brand new pastors and, um, you know, we weren't sure how to do some of this stuff. And so we kind of did the very best that we could, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I think we, I definitely know that we definitely ended up making some mistakes along the yeah. way. But, you know, we had, we talked everything through with our leadership team. We had their support. We've never been like in ministry where we're just going to go hung, gung, go forward, gung ho, yeah. pushing through without our leadership's um, support. We don't, we don't do that. And so anyway, we, you know, we had that support. We had that backing and, you know, and went forward with that. And sadly, some people ended up moving on. Yeah, and you know, but we we were able to recover and keep going and keep growing mm-hmm. in in the midst of that. And I don't looking back, none of these people were were bad people. No, absolutely not. And, and honestly, them moving into different churches and not having the the grips that they had on the control, of some mm-hmm. of the other things was probably really positive. Yeah, honestly, sometimes that sometimes that can be the best thing for people. You hate, I mean the kingdom of God is bigger than our own church. And yeah. so the beautiful thing is all these people went 
you, you know, went to different churches. Yeah. They didn't totally fall away. And, you know, um, and so, yes, it was probably better for people to move on in those cases if you can't be supportive to, you know, the vision that the leadership's going in. So. See, and I, and I think we were able to get everybody, we're moving in the same direction. And really, when, when we brought unity into the church, even though the numbers were a little bit smaller for a time, we definitely saw a move of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And we definitely begin to see, we're doing baptisms. I remember one time we baptized like 16 people, no, 10, yeah, 12, 10, 12. It was more than, it was a bunch. And we baptized, and we had this little portable baptismal tank. Yeah, it was like wood, oak on the outside. And we made it like we had water. We were splashing water. We had to refill this thing like three or four <laughs> we had to times. Get the shop backs out. Oh, the big fans. It was ridiculous. Carpet, but, it, but, but you know, yeah, the, we were cool. still having all these things. We saw the Holy Spirit start moving in very powerful ways in our prayer times. Yeah, and things like that. And uh, right, I think is in the last couple of years, we kind of had this thing that 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 kind of took a little bit of the wind out of our sails. Yeah, we went through a really hard season of losing people, like deaths. We we had, I think in six months, we had five people die. Mm-hmm. One of them was elderly. The other ones were... Like, kind of tra- really tragic, like scary 20, accidents. 26 years old was the youngest, The other than the elderly person. The other one was, I think, 62. Mm-hmm. And just... And people that were well-known, well-loved, and it just yeah. really kind of brought us to this place of just going, oh, and there was kind of a little bit of a cloud around just because yeah, everybody's sad to I, lose their friends. I admit that it, it that was a really hard season for me because I didn't feel like I had the right to be happy or joyful yeah. about anything because these families are suffering. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it, I, I got into a funk for sure of feeling like, Oh, I've, I've got to mourn with those who mourn, which is a truth, a biblical truth, but you can't stay in a funk like that. For no, a, and, and I think instead of really trying to pull out of it, we kind of, in, in, in a bad way, kind of embraced that season. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it was a challenge. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like wrestling with the thoughts of, man, is there witchcraft at work here or what's going on? And, you know, you know what I mean? It's like you want to know the answers to why and, you know, people do and their families, their loved ones. And, wow, that that was just a lot all at once. And so yeah. that was, was that six months? Within it was six, six months? months straight of, of all of that. And plus there's some yeah. people that are in the hospital. And uh, so, and then right in there, we had finished the remodel. And I really hit a place where I, I, I hit a place of burnout mm-hmm. um, and where, cause we'd just been going, 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 dealing with all this heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah. And I remember one day as I'm walking through the church and I'm just wary and I'm looking around going, okay, Lord, what's next? I, I like vision. I need vision. Like for me to be able to feel like I'm in the will of the Lord and this isn't, this isn't right, but it, for them at the time, like for me to feel, I had to be working on something. And I remember walking through the church and going, Lord, what, what's next? And the Lord goes, silence, nothing. I'm going, okay, Jesus, what's next? Nothing. And I remember this was weeks, maybe even a month or two. I even went on a trip to to kind of go off and get by myself and pray and stuff like that. And I still wasn't getting any direction. And in this this time, I remember talking with one of my board members, and I and I'm like just kind of confiding him, said, you know, I don't I don't know what's next because he he had asked me, okay, what are we doing? I'm like, man, I don't know if I have vision. And he goes, oh, you pastors, you always figure out something to do, and. Um, but in this time, my heart started to really start longing for home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we even had that challenge. Um, Jamie likes, Jamie really loved Big Rapids. She loved her home. She loved her flowers. Yeah, we had, uh, we had bought our first home. Yeah. And it was beautiful. Like, I mean, beautiful for that era. Yeah. <laughs> now it would be out of date. But anyway, it was a great home, though, really. It, um, we had, what was it, an acre? About and an acre and a half, half yeah. of land, all wooded lot, very private, great neighborhood. I mean, everybody's like, close but not too close you know what i mean like 
anyway, so we had a lot of privacy. I learned to garden there. Yeah. Like, and that was a season of where I got to be a stay-at-home mom and be involved in ministry where I felt led to be involved in ministry. So it was a very comfortable place for us to be and to minister. And so, yeah, I was loving life in Big Rapids. So then I started to kind of have this feeling like, okay, the Lord's, Lord's calling us back home. And Jamie's like, mm, no, I don't, I, I'm not hearing that. And uh, I remember I had, had decided to go on this trip just to spend some time praying. And, and uh, it was actually really good for both of us. Mm-hmm. And on this trip, you know, we were, we were able to kind of hear and, ha- and kind of encounter God in yeah, our Because you ways. did not have any cell no. service or of Nothing. any kind. I, like, I, I think you had Voxer or something that we could... But even then, you I think you had to drive into town to use it I had to or drive something. 40 miles into this next town because I, I really wanted to be in the mountains. And I found this place in Tennessee that would let pastors basically stay at this little cabin for free. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it'll be great. And not realizing that cell phones, like I didn't figure the cell phone would work in the cabin, but I figured, you know, a couple miles, I'll find a spot. Not yeah. happening. Yeah. And so we weren't even really able to talk, Mm-mm. but the Lord kind of spoke to us individually. And uh, we both felt like, okay, we are getting to that point where it's time to to go back home. And we decided, like, if we're leaving Michigan, it is only going to be for Montana. It's like, like we don't, or, yeah, because or I the was Northwest. like, I want to make sure that I can get back to see my family in Minnesota. You know, no more than like a couple days drive or something. You know, and so. Yeah, so the, I felt like God was speaking, like, hey, be open to this. Like, yeah, you know, that's where he definitely helped me to loosen my grip on wanting to just stay where we were. And so we, we started to, to apply. And it was really kind of a hard season. N- not only that, and I'd see even after that, wasn't right away, but we had a lot of families that started to transition yeah they would either get job promotion job promotions or be moving back home by their families i mean these were great families like super supportive of us and we were like oh, oh like family like best friends type like of thing. we totally understand absolutely Ministry leaders, prayer leaders missions leaders kids yeah. leaders and so it was like god what are you doing like <laughs> and almost getting a little bit bitter going oh i'm kind of mad that people are leaving and then i remember the lord just kind of checked checked my heart and he said you know they're getting the desires of your heart you need to rejoice for them their desires of their heart yeah, yeah. that's what i meant what you said yes yeah i mean and then in ministry in life in life you you can't you have to hold people loosely i mean for a season you may have people in relationships in your life it's not a guarantee that you'll be with people forever and so yeah we had to learn to yeah let go let you know love people while they're with us but then let go when it's time for them to move on yeah and uh we we applied to several different churches and Mm -hmm. we were always like the number two guy yeah we got with two or three of them we got down to like number and these were these were actually larger churches we're talking you know 250 up to 500 people and so it was kind of the next stepping stone in ministry if if you some people call it that you know for us but there it was better opportunities because there's a couple times where it looked like we would be would be moving soon Mm -hmm. and then the doors would just shut Mm -hmm. and i remember getting you know kind of frustrated and I remember um, just hitting a point where, like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of trying to make this happen, trying to make this way. And um, I just kind of went to the Lord and, like, you know what? It, it's it's not seeming like you want us to leave. We I think there's three or four churches in a row that said no. And I'm like, okay, we'll just we'll just stay. And I even remember at one point going, okay, I'm just going to shred my resume. I'm just going to stay in Big Rapids. It's, it's a great place. We're still loving life here. And we'll just see what happens. And uh, spent about a couple months where the Lord started giving me some new kind of short-term vision to start mm-hmm. working with people, doing some things. And then one day I'm sitting in my office praying. And uh, I remember even having this feeling of like guilt like for wanting to go home. Yeah, like there would be, you know, commercials or even shows on TV that had like mountains in them and you were like, I can't even watch that because yeah. it's too hard. One of my favorite <laughs> movies is A River Runs Through It. I'm like, okay, I'm just done watching any of this stuff. I can't watch anything anything with mountains in it. I'm done. And uh, 
I, and I remember having this thought and a couple of days later, a good friend of mine, um, he was a board member and really just a super close family friend of mm-hmm. ours. He takes me out to lunch and he looks at me and he goes, he goes, I have, I feel like the Lord wants me to tell you something. Yeah, and anytime as a pastor, you get that like going, okay, where's this going? But knowing yeah, this could be good or bad. Yeah, but, but knowing, knowing his heart. But knowing his heart. Yeah. He just looks at me and he goes, The Lord wants you to know that he's calling you back home and you need to quit feeling guilty about wanting to move back to Montana. Mm-hmm. And he said, The Lord's going to do this soon. Yeah. And this was a board member. So this was like, whoa. Like, oof. And then I think. It was maybe a few weeks later, I'm sitting in my office again, just praying, and the Lord says, look, look at this, this site. And it was um, with the denomination that we were with, they, they was in Montana, they had their open church list. And I had, hadn't looked at it forever. Mm-hmm. And I looked down, and then there is a church in Missoula. It yeah. was called New Life Worship Center. I'm like, New Life Worship. I don't even know what that is. Like, I don't remember that. And I remember clicking on their website link, and this really horrible website pops up with a picture of the church. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's that church. It used to have a different it name. It used to have a different name. And it was kind of known as being the, the weird church in town. I'm just going to say it. It, it. There was challenges with the church. Mm-hmm. It had been... It, it had been a split off of the church that we got saved at in, yes. in Missoula. But this was like back in what, the 60s? The 60s. Yeah. So we knew of this church, but um, yeah, it had a reputation. That it definitely wasn't had, great. A, it had a reputation. <laughs> Even when we were there before yeah. the, yeah. Anyways. Anyway, it had been what, 14 years at least yeah. since we had been back in Missoula. So, I mean, a lot had transpired. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we. I remember taking my my laptop, and Jamie was working at the church doing something that day. Mm-hmm. I walk in there with my laptop, and she goes, "Hey, what's up?" And I said, "Here, look at this." And I hand her my laptop that's open to this this posting, and I thought she was going to shoot this down because my first thought was no, not only no, but heck no. And I'm like, and but I felt like the Lord said, well, you know, check with Jamie, you know, show her, see what she has to say. And I just knew that Jamie's going to be like, we ain't doing that. And I show it to her, and I remember she goes, oh, my. I'm like, I know, right? And she goes, well, you're going you're gonna to tell him you're interested, right? I'm like, what? And I remember Jamie just looking up at me and going, that's your dream. Well, Missoula. <laughs> yes, going back to Missoula was our dream. So if you're listening to this and you're hearing the inflections in our voices, you're going, what? What happened there? We're going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, we, we will unpack that will be that in story. part two. And uh, so we're going to kind of cap things off here. Mm-hmm. Is that we did let them know we we're interested. Mm-hmm. And we did ultimately going there. And it was going there that sent us here. <laughs> yes. So we'll, I think we'll unpack that transition and yeah. that story in the next episode. But yeah. So now at least you have a recap from yeah. so if the you, time you, we got married until Big If you're Rapids, hoping for the really juicy, fun stuff, that'll have, be next. You, you're not wanting to miss, mix it, miss it <laughs> next week. So anyways, well, once again, we want to thank you for listening and for supporting and just hanging out with us. Yeah, and I hope that even with some of the stuff that we shared, maybe you're, you guys are pastors or you've been in ministry or maybe you're just church congregants or whatever you are in life. I hope that you've been able to resonate with something from our story because again we're not alone in what we went through we know that other people have faced very interesting things life is full of challenges and when we are working with people all kinds of interesting Mm -hmm. things happen and yeah so yeah so definitely tune in for part two and we'll get to hear the rest of it so have a great week and uh, we'll see you soon bye Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share with your friends. And follow us on social media. And never forget, you're not alone.